Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. I am Brian, with me as always are Zach and Vince. We're going to talk about DC Comics, but first we've got some news to talk about. Uh, DC's solicits dropped this week, and so we have a bunch of series ending, and a few new creative teams, and a few other little bits to talk about. Um, I, I would say the biggest news here is that both Batwoman and um, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps and the Hellblazer are all ending this summer. The Hellblazer ends in July because it was not solicited for August, but both Batwoman and Hal Jordan are solicited with final issue tags on them. Um, I don't think Batwoman's a surprise, unfortunately. I don't think the Hellblazer's a surprise. Is Hal Jordan a surprise? No, No, they got a set up for Grant to come in. There we go. Although it is interesting um, that they're going to cancel it and presumably restart it when you know we got the news this week that another book is coming back with its numbering intact right we'll get to that in a second what i think is weird about the hal jordan news is that green lanterns isn't ending at the same time yeah and i gotta get that jurgen story out (laughs) yeah but I, i feel like if grant morrison is indeed writing green lantern I can't see Green Lanterns continuing. Can you? Mm-mm. So I wonder if there'll be. I wonder if like September we'll see Green Lanterns and and uh, in October the new Green Lantern book starts or something like that. I don't know. Are you guys uh, gonna be mourning the loss of uh, Hellblazer or Batwoman? Um, not Hellblazer, but Batwoman. I, I like Batwoman. No, I won't mourn them. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of a Batwoman comic, but I haven't been a huge fan of this Batwoman comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Uh, Batwoman coming to Arrow this fall. She will definitely get a new book then, or at least a six-issue miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Zach hinted at this earlier, uh, but we have Supergirl returning in uh, in in August as well, and it's going to be um, Supergirl number twenty one, which, as he mentioned, is the uh, will be a continuation of the the sort of last run uh, numerically, written by Mark Andreco, illustrated by Kevin McGuire, and it seems to directly tie in to what Brian Bendis is doing in Action Comics and Man of Steel uh, and Superman proper. So, um, what do you guys think about this team? Is this is this an exciting team to be relaunching the book? I'm very happy that Kevin McGuire's back doing mm-hmm. art. Yeah, that's stuff. awesome. That, that seems like a Bendis get um, mm-hmm. because he has worked with Bendis on and off and doesn't seem to have the best have had the best relationship with DC in the past couple of years. So yeah, I yeah. feel like he made that happen. And I, I, I'm always down to check out a Mark and Draco book. I'm not everything he's done has been great to me, but all oh, that Kate Spencer Manhunter stuff. 
especially that backup that I think ran in, I want to say it was Detective Comics. I um, believe you're correct. Oh, that was some of my favorite stuff when it was running. And so, like, anytime, anytime I see his name, I'm willing to give it a shot, you know? Okay, hang on. DC3 Detour here. Okay. When those, when those backups were happening, there was the Manhunter backup. Uh-huh. There was the Metal Men backup that was happening in Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. There was what else? Um, the Adams. was there a Jimmy Olsen backup or was that just a? I think that was just a one shot. Okay. Well, I thought didn't it get continued in a backup or I thought the one shot maybe like finished the backup. Oh, maybe that's the case. On because the, I don't remember what book that would have ran in though. Um, the uh, Jeff Lemire was writing the Adam backups for Adventure Comics. Uh-huh. And that ended in a one shot. Um, what else was happening? It's okay, yeah, the Jimmy Olsen backup was in Action Comics. Okay, this is a hard thing to like look up. Like, you know, what were the backups yeah. in twenty? Um, <laughs> for like a minute, there was a Legion backup in Adventure Comics. Well, that's what I was talking <sighs> about. After that, it was the the Adam. Oh, backup. did you mention that? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Because the Legion stories were happening in Adventure at that point. That, well, that's when Adventure yeah. switched from, you know, because uh, it was right. originally relaunched as a Superboy book, mm-hmm. and then it went back to his legacy numbering before it was called that. Right, and, and it had yeah, and it was a Legion companion book. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there were more. There was definitely a backup in. I want to say there was a different backup in Action Comics before Jimmy Olsen. In the in the light when it was the Nightwing and Fire Firebird, whatever. Uh, uh, Nightwing and it was during like the New Krypton stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um. Nightwing and Flamebird, that's it. Yeah. I'm almost positive that there was a backup feature, but I can't. So, well, so, so you were right here, uh, Zach. When Adventure Comics relaunched, the first uh, like nine issues or ten issues were uh, le- was called Long Live the Legion, and it was a Legion story, and then the Atom followed that. Yeah. Man. Oh, Guardian. Was it? Was there a Guardian oh, backup? Oh, there might have been a it? Guardian backup. That sounds right. Now I'm kind of... I'm not sure if that's true. That sounds right. Hang on a second. This is riveting. This is riveting, <laughs> yes. Adventure Comics. I, I'm, I'm going about this in a... In a uh, detective-like way, I'm figuring out when one of the issues with the Legion, with the Adam backup happened, and then looking for the solicits for that month. Oh, so, well, so, I know that that was, so, like, the, that was after Paul Levitz took over the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that actually ended up not finishing. They did a brightest, no, it started in a brightest day one shot. Is that how it was? No, or did that, it I believe that ended Okay, that's kind of how like the Jimmy Olsen one was. It it wrapped up in that Jimmy Olsen one shot. So- one shot. Yeah. Um, because they they pulled all of those backups so that the books could be two ninety nine again. Yeah. 
Um, oh, anyway. Captain Adam. That was the backup feature in Action Comics. Wow, I couldn't. I wouldn't have remembered that for all the money in the world. Yeah, who did that? I think that was Robinson. I think that was James Robinson that wrote that. Wow. I want to say. Well. And what a, what a weird time at DC. Yeah, nice. they all they did that thing where all of their three ninety nine books had backup features for a while. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a it was a cool idea. It obviously didn't get executed that well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let, let, let's keep talking then, I guess. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, Supergirl's oh, costume kicks ass on this cover. So. Which one? The new one. There's, there's four there of them. There are four new ones. No, on the main cover. The main cover. The black one with the cape that like comes around and goes under. Yeah, it's a good costume. God, you guys suck. <laughs> Vince, is a, Vince is a little testy tonight. Um, no, that is a good costume. I, it, it reminds me a little bit of like a... Uh, I feel like that, that dark... The dark costume with the white S will always remind me of that like Superman in space costume from the early 90s and then again that was kind of reused as the Superman Reborn costume after the death of Superman. Mm -hmm. I, I can't see a white uh, S without thinking of that. I guess, or like Jor-El from uh, Superman the movie. Or is he wearing white with a black S? Who cares? Anyway. Krypton. Krypton. One of the characters in the Avengers of Superman pilot kind of calls a Krypton. <laughs> kind of. It's not quite. He's, he, he falls somewhere between Krypton and Krypton. Um... Uh, I don't know. How do you even do that? I feel like it's one or the other. <laughs> hey, wait. Do you hear Krypton or Krypton? Oh, Whoa. Uh, that, that, get it? Get, get, it. <laughs> get the joke? Yanni Laurel. Or Yanni. Whatever the fuck. Who cares? Um, it's both. It's the both. answer is both. The answer is both. Um, so the yeah. two genders. <laughs> uh I think it's good the Supergirl's coming back. I thought it was kind of weird they were canceling the book. I think it's also good to tie it into what Bendis is doing. I, I think it's it's good to keep the Superbooks kind of uh, much like the Bat books. You don't need them to be completely tying into one another, but when they're connected, everything just seems to run a little smoother. Yeah. Uh, we also have The Return of Super Sons in a book called The Adventures of the Super Sons. It's a 12-issue maxi-series. It takes pl it's written by uh, Pete Tomasi, illustrated by Carlo Barberi, and it, it takes place sometime in the past of the Super Sons, which continues this kind of idea that uh, Jonathan and Lois are going to be off the table for a while. What do you guys think about this? That Carlo Barberi is probably perfect for for these kids. I mean, he's been doing he's done the last few issues of the book. Yeah, yeah, I guess he has, yeah. Yeah, I think he's good. What do you guys think about the book taking place in the past? Does that do you uh, care at all? That's that's mm. kind of a bummer, I think, but that's fine. I think it's just what we I mean we already we already know what that is, you know. I think we've already talked about how that's just they're going to be off the table for a little bit. 
I'll come back. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else from the solicits you guys want to talk about? Um, um, well, uh, Walter Richardson, friend of the site, uh, former former editor. Yeah, former editor. Walter, yeah, he'll be happy to see Scarlet number one. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It. There it is. I was probably mentioned there's a new Batman miniseries, Batman King of Kings of Fear, written by Scott Peterson, illustrated by Kelly Jones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so wait. I thought Scott about Peterson that... isn't is, oh. is he the one that uh yes. Yeah. killed his yes, wife? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> same guy. Not a coincidence, same guy. Right. Mm. Is that Scarlet number one really is that Scarlet number one number one again? Is no. it the same book? No. I mean it's the same book, but it's a new Reader friendly start to a new miniseries. Okay, it does say brand new, new. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. All new, all different. Scarlet number one. I wish that's what it was called. <laughs> Scarlet Rebirth. Scarlet Rebirth. All new, all new, all different. Occupy. Justice League Occupy. That's a free Justice one. League DC Octopi. Yeah. Ooh. Um, it's stars, Starro, you know. Pour one out. Yeah. Oh man, he's not dead. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> I, I did want to point out he's only sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> no, starfish regenerate their limbs all the time. Do they regenerate when they're split in half? I uh, I, I bet he comes back in the fourth issue. Anyway, we're getting <sighs> way ahead of ourselves here. Um, there's a there's a cool book in the uh, solicits. Uh, Batman and the Justice League manga volume one. <laughs> Looking forward to that. That should be fun. Hell yeah. It's brand new too. It is, yeah. It's not like a reclamation project or anything. I'm down for it. That's yeah, I'm in. I've got all the I've got all the Bat manga. I have the first couple volumes. It's quite good. As we talked about a manga club that time. That's right. Uh, we also get the next round of uh, DC Looney Tunes crossovers. Okay. I cannot believe that Gossamer is getting their own. <laughs> uh, we had Catwoman, Sylvester, and Tweety, Harley Quinn, Gossamer, the Joker, Daffy <laughs> Duck, Lex Luthor, Porky Pig. Oh, man. And, uh, is Tom King writing one of these? <laughs> it's gonna be issue of the year if no, he is. He's not. I don't. I don't believe he is. He's not. Yeah. What's uh? <laughs> should I do the? Uh, Harley Quinn and Gossamer is going to be an interesting comic, isn't that what uh, Bugs says when he's like combing Gossamer's hair? Do you remember that? I believe so. That? Yes. Yeah. Who meets such interesting people? <laughs> I'll say I'm the only one. I'm the only one who gets that joke, I guess. So I get it, kind of. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you're just mad because your Brewers just lost to my Mets. Fuck you. Yep. There we go. Uh, anything else? Um. This is the uh, month we've all been waiting for. New what Age is of, that? New Age of Heroes annuals, baby. You're right. Also, before Watchmen Omnibus, 
No, we all wanted that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, I go ahead. I just went to Half Price Books the other day. Do you guys have Half Price Books where you live? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. You do. Uh, I was at Half Price Books, and they have like not only do they take used books that people bring by and and sell to them, but of course they get like dumps from when a Barnes and Noble get goes out of sale or whatever or goes out of business, right? Mm-hmm. There were so many of those Watchmen. Like, they have one shelf that was just lined with the before Watchmen hardcovers where it was, like, two of the series in one hardcover. Uh-huh. They were just littered with those. So many I've, seen, I've seen a bunch of those at mine before, too. Oh, yeah. Um, They're lousy with it. They have some good things. I've gotten... I got a um, Absolute Sinestro Core War there for, like, 30 bucks one time. Nice. I got all of Scalped for, like... 50 bucks like all the trade paperbacks together mm-hmm. anyway this isn't a uh, half price books podcast we're actually sponsored now <laughs> by half price books and mac weldon underpants send us free stuff both of you guys do it now <laughs> do it now um yeah I guess that, that just what does the solicits. We should also mention that the artists for all the Sandman books were announced. Mm. And uh, great googly moogly. They did a nice <laughs> job getting uh, getting some art talent here. So um, The Dreaming will be illustrated by Bilquist Evely. The um, House of Whispers will be illustrated by Domo Stanton. The uh, Lucifer... New volume will be by the Fiumaras, Max and Sebastian. And, uh... I'm forgetting what I believe. Oh, and, um... Tom Fowler is doing oh. the Books of Magic. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, this, is a pretty, this is a pretty great lineup. Yeah, it is. It, it is really good. I... Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, maybe maybe I'll read them. Maybe I'll have time to read them since Young Animal's going away. R.I.P. Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know. You you do occasionally go to the movies, so <laughs> sometimes I do go to the movies. That's true. Yeah. <sighs> you've got your move. You've got your your movies. Vince has his. His detective comics. <laughs> I got all that manga I got to keep up with. That's true. That's right. That's right. This truly defines us. <laughs> this truly defines us. All right. Well, let's talk about the books. Um, we uh, we're gonna start with Batgirl number twenty three, the finale of Hope Larson's Batgirl run, written by obviously Hope Larson, illustrated by Min Kyu Young, and um, this arc we talked about it last time. Definitely feels like a summation of everything that's happened in the book so far. Um, it's kind of doing that cheap thing where everything's happening inside a character's head or in a dream, so you can do things that wouldn't normally, you know, work narratively. But I just love this run so much that I, I kind of forgive that that somewhat annoying trope. What about? Oh you? yeah, Zach, why don't you take it away? Um, 
Well, yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I liked this issue. I've loved this book. This issue just... I, I don't know. I really don't know what to say about this issue, honestly. It, it doesn't feel like an ending, but the last panel reflects the new fifty two cover. Yep. Yeah, I was wondering if if one of you were gonna say that. That's that. Oh, I thought you're that right. Was, it does. That was really fascinating to me. I didn't um, even think about that. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I really did like this issue a lot. It was fun. It was, if this wasn't the the last issue of Batgirl that we were getting. I would have enjoyed it as much as any other issue of Hope Larson's Batman, but because it's, I wish I mean, it was Hope Batgirl, Larson's Batman. Sorry, God. sorry, <laughs> Hope Larson's Batgirl. Um, this would have been just like another great fun arc, but because it was the last one, it was you know bittersweet. It wasn't. It didn't have that. You know, give me all the feels. Last issue feel to it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh... I really loved this one. Um, and that thing that you said about the trope uh, where, you know, they do this uh, thing that's all in her head and so it can kind of be uh, an all-encompassing thing without having to worry too much about con- continuity of everything that the writer thinks defines the character or maybe subverting that. Uh, it's definitely something that... <laughs> This is gonna this is gonna be weird to say, and I don't know if I can justify it. But uh, when it's a bad run or a run I'm not enjoying, I tend to hate that trope. When it's a good uh, run or a run that I really love, I love when they do that because because chances are, like in the case of this run, if I'm enjoying a run, I think it's because the writer really gets the character and they've really connected with the sorts of things that I like about whatever character that they're writing, you know, and I feel like if they get to the end and they do an issue like this, where they get to sort of give their thesis on it, you know, well, chances are, if I've been connecting with the writer all along, that's going to be a really satisfying ending for me. Right. Um, And that's what I felt about this. Like, I think Hope Larson utterly understands Barbara Gordon and every version of Barbara Gordon that matters, you know, um, I, I can, f- for, for as great as it was at the time, the Batgirl of Burnside, when it first popped up, not taking anything away from that run, it was very much removing Babs from a situation and placing her over here for a little while. And I feel like Hope Larson has done an incredible tightrope between, Babs kind of interacting with everybody and very much being the character she's always been, more or less, and then also continuing that Batgirl of Burnside feel, you know? Um, and the way that this all played out really stayed true to that. So I hope hope Larson comes back to do something in the future, and I can't wait to see what else she's out there doing, you know, in the world of original graphic novels and whatnot, but uh, I really love this run, and, and the capper was no exception. So I'll say, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll say this. 
So we had the exclusive preview for this issue on Monday. And, you know, I, I try not to spend too much time on the Multiversity Twitter account because I don't want to hate myself and hate our readers too much. Release the Snyder Cut. Well, yeah. Aside from that, we got a a fair amount of people basically saying that one of two things needs to happen. Either you need to revert her back to the New 52 Batgirl and get rid of the Batgirl of Burnside because no one likes that. Their words, not mine. Or you have to shoot her again and get her paralyzed. Jesus. And, like, I understand that you might want... Like, one of the people said, like, you know, that it was really great to have such an intelligent DC character be representative of people that are disabled. Like, I totally understand that argument. If you're saying, you know, this was, this was a good representation... This was a good represent, represent, yeah, representative moment, you know, for for... A group of people and an important DC character. Sure, I understand that. What I don't understand is that there are people who literally want to see her shot in the spine again. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. understand that part of it at all. Um, and also, like, I know people were very excited when Babs came back in the New Fifty Two as Batgirl, but does anybody really hold that? Gail Simone run up as like a great comic series? No. No, I don't think so. I think it was fine. I remember it being fine. Um I honestly I I didn't read it, I don't think, after the first few issues. I think I probably read the first arc. A lot of it was very obsessed with explaining reconciling the fact that Babs could walk trying to come, yeah trying to come up with some way to say like look this still happened but uh it wasn't as big of a deal as everybody you know as it right. was in the in the pre-52 you know yeah and the thing is is that I totally get what people are saying too and and at the time I didn't want I mean you know me I'm the biggest Steph Brown fan there is you know and I didn't want to go back on that continuity either at the time. Um, but I think once you do, once you make the decision to do that, I don't think you put the toothpaste back in the tube, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because it does mean paralyzing this character again, you know? And I suppose you could write a really heart-wrenching story about that New 52 into Rebirth version getting ripped away from her again. But what does that really do other than piss off half the people and treat your character like a like a pawn yet again, you know, for yeah. some sort of... It's, it's not easy, but I feel like once they made the decision to not do that anymore, to, to, to get her back in the costume, I feel like you stick with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, unfortunately, there's no although, way to do that. There, yeah, and uh, although the next arc is going to directly confront that, isn't it? Is Did it, you see that? No. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not the very next arc, but the, the one that was most recently solicited. Um, apparently, is going to be Babs facing the fact that she was at one point shot and paralyzed i don't know to what extent but that's like the major selling point of whatever arc was just solicited interesting 
Yeah, talk amongst yourselves. I'll uh, I'll look that up. Yeah, um, I thought that um, Q Young continued to do good work here. I think that this this issue because it takes place sort of across all these different like you know parts of Babs's subconscious, like you know in the underground fighting ring, and then also you know um, with her uh, what's her, her her boyfriend not boyfriend's name. Oh yeah, what is his name? Um It's um Kai. Kai, yeah. Um Dragon will, Ball Kai. <laughs> yep. I will say that uh this issue brought back a DC three cast favorite. If you look in your chat, you'll see what I'm talking about. They, we're not supposed to do that. It's an O face. You got to give them the exact. It's a page. nut face. It's a nut face. It's a nut face. We haven't done it in a while. See, we've been good boys, and you ruined that. Yeah, well, that's what I do. Okay, in Batgirl number twenty-six, the villain Grotesque will use a device on Barbara that "quote unquote" fries the device in her spine that allows her to walk. Okay. So there you go. So there you go, you you jackals, you wolves out there. You're getting exactly what you wanted. If maybe even just for an issue or an arc. So it's page 15 of our PDF. Uh, so probably page, you know, 20 something of your print copy. And uh, Kai is making both a nut face and a Conan O'Brien huh? face at the same time. <laughs> I, I'm starting to like the huh face more than the nut, the, huh? the nut face. Huh? Huh? I wish you could see the flipping hair. Exactly, yeah. That's the part you're and, missing. And, and Kai has that hair. Yeah, so yeah, kind of, yeah. perfect. It almost sounded like you were making a home improvement grunt just then. <laughs> I don't think so, Zach. <laughs> oh, back to prison for me. <laughs> All right. any, any other background thoughts? No. Farewell, Hope Larson. Yes. See you next time around the bend. Love to have you back. Yep. Uh, did either of you guys read Batman Beyond? I I, sc- I scanned it. I scanned it as well. Give me something. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a new Robin that gets fired in less than one issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's uh there's News Fifty Two and there's there's Venom. <laughs> it is Venom. Yeah. Those are the bookends on this issue. Okay. Yeah. There's, uh... Sounds about right to me. Yep. Um... Who is this Robin? Isn't... That's that little kid that was, um... Is it... Oh, I don't think it's Terry's brother. I have no idea. But but there was there's some kid that's been tagging along. Like, he ended up in the Batcave. Uh, maybe... Just just tell maybe, me one thing. How, no, how, how shway is he? It's... He's not very shway. Oh, um, Okay. Actually, I think it is his brother. It is his little brother, and he like snuck into the Bat Cave in the last arc. So he's been like, he's all in on the everything, you know. And he wants to become Robin. And I I read a little bit of it where Bruce was like, okay, so let's think about who Bruce Wayne is and like how many Robins he's lost at this point in the Batman Beyond continuity, you know. Uh. Or, like, whatever tragedy he's seen, like, 
shouldn't he be like pretty careful about who he invites in and let's be Robin, you know, and basically like it takes no time at all to convince him that this kid who has no training and no skills should just be a Robin. And his excuse is basically like, well, if we don't let him do it, he's just going to do it without our permission. (laughs) This is Bruce Wayne saying this, you know, (laughs) but whatever, it doesn't matter. He's, he's softened a little bit. Also, I'm sorry. I say like so much. I just realized that listening to the show, uh, last week, and I sound like a Valley Girl okay, who was bo- who was born in Fargo. So, I, I would rather you say uh, instead of saying like, if you want to continue the gag, the Valley Girl, just say that everything should gag you with a spoon. <laughs> uh, surfer dudes with attitudes, kind of kind of groovy. Uh, Cal- California dreams. Uh, I'm aware. I'm aware. All right. Uh, the poor man saved by the bell. <laughs> Extremely poor man. Ooh, man. Yeah. Exactly. If saved by the bell was not the good show, no. and <laughs> California Dreams was worse than that. Zach, so. do you remember California Dreams? No. Right. Zach wasn't born yet. Take saved by the bell, add like 60% more music to it, like they're a band of some sort. And remove ninety five percent of the quote jokes unquote. <laughs> There's still like a restaurant they all hang out at. Yeah. There's still impossibly good looking teenagers. Yeah. And you got there, California dreams. And there's a vague, vaguely screech like character, um, except he's more of like a huckster. Yeah. He's he's like Screech. He's actually kind of like Screech and Zach mixed. Because Zach was kind of a huckster, you know? Yeah. So, like, imagine if you combined Screech and Zach, and the Zach character in California Dreams, like the guy who's supposed to be Zach, has no personality at all. Yeah, he's just a total, a total, uh, like, quote, hunk, but with with nothing between his ears. And not like he's dumb, he just, he just has nothing going on. Right? I've maybe seen like two episodes of Saved by the Bell in my whole life. <laughs> God damn it, Zach. <laughs> you goddamn millennials. Yeah, seriously. If you want to talk Boy Meets World, I can go with you all day. But Fine? Fine? I think I've only seen like two episodes of Boy Meets World. Oh man, I modeled my entire life after Boy Meets World. I'm like the bridge between you guys then, I guess, because... Yeah, I, I'll get all of Zach's uh, Boy Meets World and anime manga references, and uh, Zach will get anything. Or you know, I'll, I'll help Zach understand the California Dreams stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it's more the same way. I, I really, my California Dreams knowledge is about exhausted right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. right. It's just so unmemorable. <laughs> you know, it's just really yeah. Bad. We can talk yep. about Mike Golick's brother, who was the RA <laughs> on Saved by the Bell the college years. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the guy who was like a little too close to the to the main group. Yeah, and who was he was a, like the... it was a good fifteen years their senior it appeared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who kind of looked like Michael Anthony from Van Halen? Go Bayside! Standing on the edge of tomorrow. Today! Today! Yeah. Today! Today! All right, today. Let's, let's talk about the, the, the last uh, James Titan detective comic. We can't do Arrested Development 
quotes anymore after the uh... no we can't so we're all we're all saved by the belt all the time now so zach it's on netflix catch up just joker (laughs) (laughs) no no zach is totally the joker because he's charismatic but he's twisted zach wait there's a character on saved by the bell named zach right yes okay that's what we meant sorry i've been moderately confused I know who Screech is. Okay. AC Slater is the hunky jock. Um, Jesse Spano is the brainy girl. Kelly Kapowski yeah. is a cheerleader. Lisa Turtle's rich and a bitch. Hey, um, now. She's the worst. Come on. She's just had a shopping habit. That's all. <laughs> and she basically calls, she like basically tells Screech to kill himself four or five times <laughs> an episode. <laughs> reaches an incel <laughs> no wait a minute we have video evidence that that's not yes, true yes we do <laughs> oh god where are we uh, we're at Detective Comics number 981 written by James Stein the 4th illustrated by Eddie Barrows a, uh, a an extra long issue of Detective Comics um this is the finale of Batman Eternal. This is the finale of Tynion's rather long run, not just from the beginning of Rebirth, but he was on both the Batman Eternal and Batman and Robin Eternal series in the New 52. There's a lot of stuff all coming to a head here. And uh, I think we need to, to just kind of go with the, to me, the most important part of this issue which is that Clayface lives. Yeah, he does. And we don't even know how, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't even want to know. It's fine. The question is, when are we going to see him again? I I think... And who's going to do it? I think there are two possible answers for this. I think the first is that Justice League Dark seems like an actually pretty good place for Clayface. And Titan's written writing that, so I could possibly see that, or I could see him being uh, part of the revamped Outsiders. Oh yeah, but I think we're gonna see him take a break for a while. I, I think this was all about just letting people know that he's still around, but not giving away too much for when he comes back eventually. I just hope that it's picked up on that he's that he's still a hero. Or that he's struggling, that he doesn't just revert back to being a villain. Yeah. Um, Man, I loved this issue. Yeah, this issue has oh. a lot of great stuff in it. I This issue felt like an ending, you know? Um... I love when I love when like the end of a run gets the last half of a book to wind down. Basically, mm-hmm. the, the conflict is over in like the first half of the issue, and then you get to see everybody that's been important in this run and kind of where they end up. And I love the conclusion that Steph and Tim get. You could end. You could end their story. You could end right DC here. Comics right you now. Could, <laughs> you could, and maybe should. <laughs> Oh man! Um, I love that they're like driving around, and they're like, "Yeah, we, we can get to the bottom of the uh, 
time that was stolen from us and the time that you were Batgirl or whatever. We'll we'll get to it when we get to it, you know? I've got some stuff about that. Yeah. Lay it on us. Go for it. We can, we can wait a minute if we want. No, 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 no. Go for it. Just jump in, man. Just, well, just uh, so, sex stew we're in here. So, <laughs> so, has it been pretty much confirmed that, like, Tim is going to be involved in the new Outsiders team? That's, like, a thing, right? I don't believe that has been. That hasn't been? What okay. We, what we've been told so far Who's, is yeah, that... Who is in Outsiders that we know about? We know it's Black Lightning, Training, Duke, and Cass. Duke. Okay, maybe I was thinking of Duke. Okay. Interesting. So, Snyder has been saying, like, hinting multiple times about, like, a fourth team that we don't know about. Which we that's think is gonna the be Outsiders. In the, which we think is the Outsiders. But what if it's not? And what if there is, like, this other multiversal team... With yeah, Tim. That would be cool. Who else would be on this team, Zach? Lay it on us. I don't know. I mean, we know that Hal is doing things with the multiverse, or we've heard from Uncle Rich that Hal is going to be doing things with the multiverse. Um, that we assume are going to be in the Grant Morrison Green Lantern, which we are also banking on uncle rich here um but i there there just seems to be a lot of stuff with like multiverse and the and hyper time stuff going on um you know we'll get to it here in a little bit but the flash war gets into that some and that's like a big josh williamson joint you know and this is tying in there's tying in on this a lot of these writers who are very heavily involved with the justice league stuff right now are are pushing hyper time and multiverse stuff man what about a wally and tim led book wally and tim that'd be awesome that'd be great that's an odd pairing too like that that hasn't been done before (coughs) god bless you thank you but that would be that's right up my alley for things i want to read yeah you could even do it like and i know this is a dirty word but it, which countdown series was it where it was like all the anomalies that were together? Yeah, it was. It was countdown, and and then later changed the countdown to Final Crisis. Yeah, um, but something like that, where like you know, here going using some of the characters that had big chunks of their backstory oh. ripped away. All right, and you think about you know it was already seeded how Tim was. You know, he was one of the ones that Oz grabbed. Yeah. Because he, you know, was important or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And and this could, I mean, this isn't going to happen, but this could also be a really nice place to put some of the characters that there just isn't a lot of room for right now. Like, you know, and you guys can guess where this is going. Like, Kyle Rayner should be on this team. Mm -hmm. Because what's going on with Kyle Rayner right now? You know, not much. Uh, and just we, Car- Wally's not on a team either, is he? No, he's that not. we know of. That's what I'm yeah, so that'd be Wally, Kyle, and Tim. Man, that is. Ooh. Yeah. That's spicy. That's good stuff. Yeah. Um. So, what did you guys think of the Bruce Kate stuff in this issue? 
<laughs> I thought that was a little weird. What part? That of was it? the only thing about well, basically like Bruce killing himself, kind of. Well, that's that that's an alternate reality, Bruce. Well, it is, but it's, it's supposed to be like. I mean, isn't that universe kind of supposed to be like the? continuation of the pre-Flashpoint universe, sort of? I believe so, yes. Yeah, although we've never had, like, is it the actual one? We've never had... Right. It's, 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 a, it's a close approximation of it, because yeah. it, it has versions of Cass and and um, Steph that we've seen. It, it eventually ends up doing the Titans of Tomorrow thing from John's Titans run. Um, right. Yeah, that, I just thought that was a little jarring. It wasn't. I. I don't think it's a bad choice or anything. It. It just. It felt. It was jarring. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the the Tim and Steph stuff. So, yeah, that know, was my favorite stuff. I mean, that is like Vince Nip. You know, <laughs> to the extreme, but it just... my nips were hard. <laughs> uh, my nipples are at attention, Mister Malkovich. Um... <laughs> oh, there go my nipples again, oh, there, Edith. <laughs> You're happy. Feel these nipples. <laughs> it's a basketball joke for you guys out there. Um, nice. So, uh, what what I loved about this ending was that it first of all it did give sort of a happy. I'm not going to call it an ending for these characters, but a happy like pause moment for these characters where it lets them just have this time by themselves. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel fake. It showed some actual growth in the Bruce and Tim relationship. It just seemed to me to be a perfect example of a creator knowing his characters and giving an ending that feels... A little bit surprising, a little bit hopeful, but also not outside the realm of possibility. I loved it. Yeah. Zach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a great it was a great ending. I'm I'm both at the same time, you know, kind of sad to see Tynion move on, but I also think it's the right time. I feel like the story he told. It, it, it ended well, and especially if you consider it from, like you had mentioned, the beginning of Batman Eternal all the way through. This was a really satisfying ending. Um, and I, I really do think that there will be more threads carried on through his work. So I'm, I'm excited. Tynion has become one of the really interesting kind of um, defining voices at DC. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I, I think he's. Uh, he's earned it all too. You know. I mean, we basically we basically watched him kind of grow into the writer that he is now. And I mean, I, I thought I, there was some stuff at the beginning that he did that I really liked, but man, it's like night and day from what he did with Detective Comics. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What I also liked about this is that this brought in Babs at the very end and gave her 
I feel like, you know, for all that this book has been, she has not been a part of it really at all. And so it sort of addressed that missing member of the Bat family in a nice way. Um, She's come in a little bit. Uh, she was, like, involved in the... Um, the trial of... Yeah. Kate yeah. Kane type stuff, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, your point is... It, it just feels... It, it feels like this was really, of all the Bat books we've gotten since... Like, the Battle for the Cowl era, this feels like the most complete Gotham book. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. That's the most elements of Gotham City found within it. And I think that delivers on the promise that Rebirth was supposed to provide, you know? Yeah. This is perhaps... This or The Flash are perhaps, you know, the best examples of what that was supposed to mean. I think both of those books are working on moving forward, but also celebrating um, familiar elements, you know? I'll also toss the the early days of the Superman in action titles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, this is this is great. And I'm glad that Eddie Barrows drew this issue. Because I think that he and Tynion have a really good working relationship together. And I think that he's he's able to do stuff that... Well, first of all, that Eddie Barrows of five years ago couldn't do. You know, he's gotten so much better. I, I feel to, I always feel like his Martian Manhunter series, the one he did with, with Rob Williams, was like the culmination of his talents, and he's just been getting better since then. But there's a couple of scenes here where... I mean, you definitely still do get some nut faces every now and then. <laughs> um, like Tim yelling, no, on page seven of the PDF. Um, but overall, I feel like he did he did a lot of really great like facial acting in this. He made it, he made the, the parts that were supposed to be emotional feel emotional without feeling cheesy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that Eddie Barrows was the artist in this issue. Yeah, he, he really was, I think, even though Alvaro Martinez did fantastic work on this book, I, I feel like Barrows was kind of the definitive artist of the run. It's always kind of a bummer when a run ends with a fill-in artist, you know, so this was good to have him, him back home for it. Uh, any other comments, boys? The uh, end of an era. Yeah. Oh, I guess one thing, um, the Brian Hill uh, Black Lightning run was delayed just a, a minute. There's a two-issue um, arc by the guy who's doing uh, Aaron Gillespie, or Gillespie. Gillespie, yeah. So that'll be interesting. I wonder... Who's the artist on that? I thought it was someone really interesting. Uh, look, look that up while I while I share okay. this thought. What, okay. I, what I think might be happening there is I think it might be that they needed more time for the Outsiders book, and they don't yeah. want to be as big of a gap between the end of this run and the beginning of the Outsiders book. That would be my guess, at least. Um, any luck, Zach? Um, no, they haven't. 
updated it on DC's website. I'm trying to find a news article. Here it is. Um, oh, wait. It's not Aaron Gillespie. I could have swore it was. Isn't it Michael Morisi? It is, yeah. I don't know where I got is it. Gillespie's is writing oh, something else. He's doing Green Lanterns. Yeah, there it is. The Jurgens. Yeah, that's he, it. Yeah, he's filling in out because Celie's done now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, so it's Michael Morisi and Sebastian Fiumara. Yeah. On tech. I is that can't just remember. One issue or two issues? Um, it is for two issues. Okay. No, no, just kidding. It's it's just for nine eighty two. Okay. Yeah, and so it's just a one issue thing. Yeah. I was really getting that that Green Lanterns thing mixed up with it because it's similar situation. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Um, because we got to. Um, Zach, did you read this? I did read it, and I also went back and read the last issue because I had skipped it. Okay, and uh, what did you think? I kind of liked these issues. Well, that's what Vince and I had said last time, that this was like... Like, if you like the, like, getting the band together type stories, there's there's some decent stuff here. I do like this, and I even like this issue in spite of the you-know-what and the, and the, yeah, you know. I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to mention it anymore. Um, yeah. It's a known, it's a known quantity. Um, I liked it in spite of that. This issue felt like the Green Lantern comics that I have enjoyed in the past. I had no idea you liked bad comics. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Jesus. Um, uh, this, you know, I mean, it's not great. It's not great. There are things about it, like, you know, it can be a little overwritten at times. Obviously, the art... Um, but I really enjoyed each of the, like, things that the different Lanterns were getting to do. I mean, I could definitely go a hundred years without hearing Jon Stewart talk about how he was a Marine sniper. Um, (laughs) that's a whole other topic. But don't you know, don't you know that's his only character trait? Well, he was also, he's also an architect. (laughs) <laughs> and he also let a planet explode one time. And he See, was a fucking dark star in the 90s, and they could have drawn on that. See, Jon Stewart is my guy. You guys know this. I know. He was one of your characters. Yeah, yeah. he was one of my guys. He's Because I grew up with those the DC animated series. And he has been so woefully screwed in comics for as long as I've been reading them. And somebody needs to get in there and fix that. We need to do like a DC reread of the Green Lantern Mosaic book. I actually have a lot of the issues somewhere. I don't have the whole series, but I think I have maybe the first 12 issues or so. Because that was great. And that I, don't think I've, I don't think I read that. And that that's Stuart. Was that Gerard Joe? Yeah, no, I haven't read that. 
That's John Stewart? That's that's the Stewart-centric book. And that was actually, at the time, outselling the regular Green Lantern book. Uh. Editorially, they didn't want it for whatever reason. Probably because they were racist. Probably. (laughs) Cully Hamner on art, too. Yeah. Early, early Cully Hamner work. Um, Yeah, that is... Who wrote those early issues? Gerard Jones. Gerard Jones, yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, oh man, Green Lanterns love their problematic creators. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't read this because of Ethan Van Skyver. I, um, I'm basically at the point where it's going to take like a lot to it's drag gonna take, away from you. It's God, fuck you. It's gonna, <laughs> why can't I make an Africa joke? It's gonna. You can. Uh, I get greeted it, with a fuck you for a Toto joke? <laughs> what is the world coming to? <laughs> you know I prefer Tarzan Boy. Uh, no. Uh, Toto. Yeah. No, that Baltimore. Um, no, it's going to take like a Grant Morrison to get me to read a Van Skyver book, I think, because I just find him so repellent as a person. And I know that that... I know that he could come in and draw a comic that doesn't contain any of his worldview in it. And I, I understand that. Um, but I just can't, I can't do it anymore. You know, I just can't stomach it. And I kind of thought I heard through the grapevine that DC was trying to move on, but I, I guess unless these books were in the can way in advance, I don't think that that's happened. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to read a Van Skyver book on, and I know that who, you know, who cares? Van Skyver doesn't care whether I read his book or not. Um, I'm nobody, but it's going to take like, it's going to take a writer that greatly outweighs, uh, Van Skyver. And, and I I would hope that most of the writers that I'm talking about wouldn't want to work with a guy that behaves the way that he does, you know? Right. Um, but whatever, um, yeah. So basically, unless he's unless he's drawing like a Morrison book or something, I'm I'm just done reading his stuff. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely taken that tag before on this book, but I I am kind of getting into this book. So I get it. You check in once in a while, and yeah, it's it is what it is. Especially because, you know, this issue had things like uh, Atomic Skull and um, and Hector Hammond, and it had Arkillo, and, you know, just it, it, Zod and family. It had a lot of different types of characters that, you know, that maybe we haven't, that we've seen throughout this run, but not together. And with the idea of them all coming together to fight the Dark Stars, that's a, that's an that's an intriguing concept, even if it's uh, you know, clunkily handled. Yeah, yeah. We also get uh, Guy Gardner joining the Dark Stars here, which you know you did you mentioned the John Stewart Dark Star connection. I thought this was like a fun inversion on that. If I thought it would last for more than a second, I'd agree with you. Oh, it'll it'll be over before the end of this arc, but I feel like this although, is his way of taking them down, man. Yeah, I um, you know, I was talking on Twitter. 
I really want with like the um, the Brainiac 2.0 reveal and No Justice and and the Dark Stars coming in here. I really want DC Cosmic to be a big thing again. Odyssey, um, baby. Well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, I, there's a lot of big books that could really push this. Um, I, Ooh, I would love ju- to have. That reminds me, Justice League Odyssey bringing back the uh, Viral Docs Legion. Yep. Yeah. L period, E period, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so is that like confirmed now? Is that. I didn't see that. Yeah, Williamson said it on Twitter, I think. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. See, exactly. Yeah, so we you know, we've got Legion, we've got Green Lanterns, we could still have Dark Stars in some form. Um that, there was a um a crossover between Green Lantern Corps, Legion, and Dark Stars in the 90s called Trinity, and I've never read it, but I've always thought it was really interesting that that you know, those those cosmic books could field a, a big crossover like that and I, I would love to see that be a thing again um you know especially with how big cosmic stuff kind of used to be and and you know the way it has been in marvel at the past in the past um man yeah i i want that <laughs> any other thoughts on this Zach? No, I don't think so. Five more issues. <laughs> Truer words never been spoken. Um, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Justice League, No Justice, and more. Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together, we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week, we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month, we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow on iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. All right, we're back with Justice League No Justice number three, written by Scott Snyder, James Tynan IV, Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Riley Rossmo and Marcus Toe. Where have you gone, Francis Manipal? I mean, I don't mind when we can get that Rosmo art. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, I would love to know what the last thing that was solicited as just Manipal art that he actually finished was. <laughs> Trinity number one. No, because he was supposed to do like the first full arc or whatever, and he wound up doing only... I'm talking about issue number one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, the Rosmo Batman... Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Uh, also, guys... the Rosmo Wonder Woman. Yeah. Didn't he do a story yeah. in one of the Wonder Woman like celebration issues? I think he I, did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he he draws a great Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um. Very muscly. Very muscly. Yes. Yes. Appropriately so. So, what do you guys think of this issue? 
Does this does this keep the hype from the first two? Um, it didn't. It didn't have like the big surprise reveal of like a Brainiac 2.0 level, you know, twist or anything. But it was just fun action across many different teams that I think pretty much everything totally worked. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I don't have any complaints. I guess. Zach. Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, I thought it did a really good job of balancing all the teams. Um, there was only one time in the whole issue where I, I kind of felt like the um, the short nature of the story kind of hurt it. Um, and it was in the part with the Tree of Wonder where they're trying to... Um, you know, reignite the tree and they can't figure out what to do. And then Wonder Woman is like, oh, I'll wrap it up in my lasso and something, something. It's all good now. Yeah. Uh, it was just, you know, very quick and time constraints, understandable. It was, that, that, that was fine. Um, all the character interactions are really great. Um, Starro gets his big moment. It was good. Yeah, I agree. This has everything you want from a giant blockbuster story. And I think that while the four issues do feel a little bit rushed, I think if this was six or eight monthly issues, it would feel totally dragged out and unnecessary. I would oh yeah, much, that'd be the worst. I would much rather this version of the story. Um, we also get... We start to see some of the threads for... No, for the, the new Justice books, you know, Justice League, Justice League Dark, uh, Justice League Odyssey, etc., set up here. Like we see that, you know, using the Brainiac head as a ship, we see Wonder Woman sort of interacting with some of the, the magic stuff. Um, you know, I, I think the weakest part of this issue, and this is going to come as, a no, as no shock to either of you or to any of our, you know, regular listeners, is just the Amanda Waller aspect. Because I don't give a shit about Amanda Waller. Yeah, but I agree. I, Ollie is good, though. Yes. I actually think this is one of the more intriguing uses of Amanda Waller that we've seen in a while. I really don't have a problem with her here. I just feel like it's more of the same Amanda Waller stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I think it helps that she's not directly bogged down by the Suicide Squad, you know? I think her... It... Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm done. Go go for it. Oh, you go ahead. Finish your thought. Should... 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 Should the... You go, Zach. Okay. Um... Oh, what was I going to say? Um, it gives some nice continuity between this and, like, uh, Justice League Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. um, which you know uh, Williamson worked on, and it, it does feel it get, it makes this series kind of feel like a continuation of, um, I guess again like the overarching DC universe plot threads. Yeah, I agree. I don't have too much more to say about this issue because, like you guys said, last week had that huge cliffhanger, and this week was just kind of more of the same, setting everything up for the finale. 
but I'm excited to see how this all wraps up and how it will lead into these new books that are coming out of it. Um, well, that brings us to uh, Mirror, Queen of Atlantis, written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Lam Medina. Um, this issue is, you know, pretty much just the the Mira and Orm road trip to Atlantis story. Um, I know we've all been enjoying this miniseries for the most part. What did you guys think of this issue, Vince? We'll start with you. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was fine. I mean, story's kind of the same. Uh, nice Land Medina art, not like super spectacular, but like totally handsome. Uh, you know, standard, I don't like the term house style, but, you know, like standard superhero art, kind of what you would expect, you know? Yeah. Just like a really nice version of that. Um, an intriguing story that plays with the background of what's going on in Aquaman. So I think, like, it's it's funny because at, with the way that Aquaman has been kind of slow playing its hand, this almost feels like it almost feels like it's more essential than Aquaman right now that's, that's to an me. Point. Yeah, yeah, j- just just in the fact that I mean, obviously Aquaman is the main story, but that story has kind of been doing. It's been very slow about doing this basically the same thing over the last maybe three issues. Just kind of get it's very slowly getting Arthur into Atlantis, right? Right. But not much has really happened. Um, and I feel like this is catching up to that. And there's a lot more going on in, in these issues uh, as far as, like, moving the chess pieces is concerned. Yeah. Um, at least that's my impression. And so I think I said last time, like, I almost wish that this was part of the actual Aquaman series. But maybe that's not exactly what i mean just that i hope people are reading this because to me it feels just as much if not more so important at this particular point in time to the overall thing that dan abnett's trying to do right yeah it definitely it definitely is um like it is equally important and it needs to be um touted as such you definitely get the sense that this is going to um, dovetail into the main series in a really big way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my my one critique of this is that I feel like this issue, aside from the last four or five pages, didn't really do anything the previous issues hadn't done already. It just sort of brought certain things into more clarity and into more light. It feels like this miniseries maybe is going to be an issue too long in terms of just you know having five issues of story in a six-issue miniseries. But overall, I agree with everything you guys said. It's pretty good. Um, Alright, let's talk about Mother Panic, Gotham AD, number three, written by Jody Hauser, illustrated by Abraham Mustafa. So I, I have a confession about this book, guys. I don't care anymore. Mm. I, uh, I, I, you know, when I was reading the books this week, I was, I was doing what I call the anti-Vince. I was not going in alphabetical order. I was kind of just picking and choosing things to read based on like my, my mood, or whatever. 
and twice I picked up this book to read it for this, and I was got like a page in. I'm like, no, not right now. And I kept putting it off, and when I came back to it, I just, I think it's good. I think that it probably will read much better when I read it in trade. I'm just, I'm beyond the point of caring about this book right now. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's <clears throat> that's perfectly valid, I think, um, to say that it will read better in trade is your impression. I think that that's probably pretty accurate. But uh, with this particular issue, I found that it fin- this issue finally brought me all the way in. You know, uh, it's odd that we seem to have like the complete opposite approaches to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was liking the first two issues, but I kind of felt the way that you feel now. And then I, I read this and I, I was all the way in. So um, I really liked this. Zach, what, what about you? Um, I've really been liking this book since it came back from Milk Wars and has been in this, this AD incarnation. I, I like this issue a lot. Um, you know, kind of the revelation of some alternate Earth stuff going on, because I think up to this point, we didn't really know if this was an alternate Earth or just jumped into the future. Right. Um, and this kind of confirmed that, um, which I, I liked all of that stuff. I, I really care a lot more about this cast now, this cast of characters. And, um, you know, the bit with, I, I have liked seeing these versions of, of the, you know, um, Dang Joker. of the Batman. Yeah, the Tang Joker and and Harley and Ivy and all of them and uh, you know I mean whatever Jason Todd shows up stupid stupid sexy Jason Todd with his <laughs> his white streak in his hair um but yeah I mean I like this I like this a lot um I wonder I really really wonder if they're setting up with this alternate Earth business uh a backdoor to move mother panic into the main dc universe after young animals over oh that's interesting i mean wasn't she already in the main dc universe batwoman showed well up. i guess it was yeah batman showed up but i mean that could be any batman you know um the batwoman i don't guess it was ex- yeah but i i i guess i should say if we will see her appear in dc universe books okay yeah that's interesting. I think I think she should, and they should just censor all her uh, swearing. You know, that'd be great. Um, just have her say "cuss" like the Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. There you yes. go. I love it. Yep, perfect. Um, I gotta say, this is probably the best Harley Quinn we've had in a while. I think. Is that because oh. you consider Batman White Knight to be New Joker? yeah that's the ticket um no i just think like uh this is the first time we've seen harley quinn in a while where um she's not really that marred by her past with the joker right like 
or at least that's not really like the that's not really a focus. focus like she yeah. she is like the voice of reason uh at this excuse me the hiccups um at this new arkham right so she's immediately in a hero role you know rather sort of kind of i mean she doesn't get to do very much really but like she's presented as the good side of things, right? Am I wrong? No, not no. At all. And that's actually a really interesting comparison point to the book we're going to talk about next. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's my only note that Zach didn't really cover in what he was saying. Otherwise, I yeah, I agree. I, uh, I'm really into this right now. I thought the backup was nice, too. It was nice. Yeah, it didn't... It was rom- It was romantic, nice and romantic, and it didn't aim to accomplish a lot, and it just looked really pretty. And Paulina Ganucho, Ganucho, something like that. Very nice art. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, Suicide Squad. Did either of you guys read this? No. Okay, so this is, if you recall, this is Batman and Deadshot try and save Deadshot's kid. Uh, it sucks. It sucks a lot. But there's there's a line in here about a Harley Quinn, because essentially, um, Amanda Waller, you know, twisted lady she is, sends Captain Boomerang, Captain Cold, and uh, Harley Quinn after Deadshot and Batman. And Harley Quinn is like, why does this feel so good? Oh yeah, we're supervillains again. Like... <laughs> Because it's letting them, like, instead of doing something good for the government, they're trying to kill Batman again, I guess. Uh-huh. And so that's just interesting compared to what you just said about, you know, Harley Quinn feeling different. Right. That's it. This book sucks. Um, <laughs> what doesn't suck is The Flash, number 47, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Howard Porter. Oh, my own. The beginning of The Flash War. This issue was like a nice slice of gabagool. This is the part where you say your culture is not a, ma- uh, a costume, Brian. To be fair, I had some gobble today, so I, 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 really, I really can't be talking too much. My parents had some in the refrigerator when I was visiting them earlier today, and I, I partook of some. So oh, nice. So did you do the poly walnuts where you just point at them and you do the two fingers like bring that over here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um. But no, this was uh, everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> it, yeah, basically, I mean, without actually coming out and giving it to us, it it, it gave it to us, you know. <laughs> it mostly did give it to us. Um, really, I one of the most interesting parts of the issue is getting to see Howard Porter redo the J- JLA number one cover. Oh, yes. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh. I'll say this. like the, the the actual narrative Flash War stuff is good. But, even if that was just like, the most mediocre comic have you ever read, once you get to the stuff like uh, in the Flash Museum, or the 25th century, rather, where we're looking at all this old stuff, like, that makes it just great. No matter yeah. what, I, I'm I'm in. 
you know, Max Mercury, Impulse, The West Kids, all those teases are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody draws a better crumpled up costume with nobody inside of it than Howard Porter. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Am I wrong? I think that's actually on his business card. Behind a piece of glass in some sort of museum scenario. Um, Very specific. Yeah. But the rest, but the rest of this issue was really good too. Like the um, Iris and Wallace stuff, where she's working on the bike. Yep. And I mean, the only thing that rang a little bit cheesy was them having to establish, um, like, the differences between Wally and Barry. You know. Yeah. Where 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 Wally's like, well, I might not have done it your way, but we we won, didn't we? You know, and they they had to do they basically had to do that, right? I mean, especially I, because Wally hasn't been the focal point of a book in right almost ten years. I agree. Yeah, Wally's role in Rebirth, as much as we love him, his role is to be. Hey, it's Wally West. It's that old guy. But anybody who didn't read the old comics doesn't really know a thing about his character. So, so when you're right. Final Crisis. Uh, Two thousand eight. I believe it ended. Yeah. Yes. It ended in two thousand eight. I think. So again, like we're we're just about ten years away from the last time Wally led the Flash title. Yeah. That's crazy. This this book is just. I was thinking this the other day. the The new Fifty Two's legacy will be the the ten years that DC spent on doing it, almost from the get go. Yeah. Wow. Um. And and you know here we are. We're we're getting it all back. It's all coming back. What was the part that had you guys the most fanboying? Um, I mean, the the JLA cover thing was pretty big. Yeah. Um, personally, like the the fact that um, the Commander Cole basically um, referenced the the immediately pre Flashpoint Flash series where they these characters were first introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the the statue of Bart and uh, Max Mercury. Yeah, for me it's the kids' costumes at the very end. Uh, that was just the big capper on all of this yeah. for me. That see, that's one thing I never I never read a lot of the bear the Wally stuff from that era where where the kids were in costume. Mm-hmm. So I've never had as much of a connection to that. It's really good. Was that in John's John's run, or yes. was that later? Okay, it was part of that. I believe so, right, Vince? I it's been so long. Yeah. I'm just gonna go with you. In I my, know it was like some in that was. Mark Wade run that came after that. Yeah, that really short one, and then someone else picked that up, and then that was when Wally, quote unquote, died again. Yeah. And Bart Bart was there. Yeah, that was like around Infinite Crisis. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this book is super fun. I think Flash War is going to be really interesting. I think this finally gives a reason for Barry and Wally to be fighting that isn't trivial. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Any more thoughts? No, this is great. This is really good. Agreed. All right, let's talk about the whole Blazer 22. Anybody read it? No. No. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, the Silencer number five. Anybody read it? Yes. I did. Yeah, so did I. Written by Dan Abnett, illustrated by Victor Bogdanovic. What do you guys think? <sighs> there were some nice moments in this, I think. Um, first of all, Bogdanovic's arc is, art is awesome. I love it. I think he handles the emotional moments better than JRJR did. You know, there's there's a couple of things with uh, uh, Honor's son and husband, a couple of scenes with them that were really nice, like emotionally effective work. You know, um, I like that. I like that the kid has a new Superman, uh, Kenan Kong action figure. Yep. Rather than a than a regular old Superman one, that's a nice little detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know where you can get that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like for an issue that was about two assassins facing off, all they fucking did was talk. Yeah, that that's the kicker. Yep. Um. I really like this. <laughs> Who are ninety percent of ninety percent of that? Ninety percent of that is the Bogdanovic art, but um, yeah, this is actually maybe it might all be the art. I this is this looks so good. The scenes with um, with Honor and Deathstroke at the beginning were so I thought they were spectacular. Like some of the best, maybe the best art this week. Um, and, and yeah, I, I like the stuff with her and Talia. I, I feel like this is a corner of the DCU that doesn't get explored very much. I get vibes of, I mean, this is very much in the vein of Grayson. Uh, I, I like this. I think, I think Abnet is doing not, not like groundbreaking or, you know, anything necessarily like that, but he's, he's. I think he's on to something here. Can't wait for him to join the Suicide Squad next year. No, 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 no. Or her, rather. No. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't hate this, but I'm not really interested in this either. What I am interested in is the Trifix number four, written by Joe illustrated by Doc Shaner. All right, let me say it. It's back. It's good again. Oh, <laughs> that's that was more like Tim Allen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's good again, guys. Doc Shaner. Well, this is the way the book's always supposed to look. Yeah, this is the way it's supposed to look for sure. It is right, and there was a lot more going on in it too. Um. There's still, I still think like the overall justification for this team and this book existing is a, is a little wonky. But like if the, 
if what I'm reading is fun, then I don't really need to think about that all too much. Right. You know? Um, I don't think Lemire's doing a bad job writing uh, Michael Holt, but I feel like his motivations for doing what he's doing are either extremely well hidden or basically non-existent. Agreed, 100%. <laughs> you know? But I loved all the stuff with Phantom Girl. The ending was really... The ending really had this odd mix of emotions that you don't usually see in a cape comic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's definitely a Lemire thing, but usually reserved for his uh, creator-owned stuff. But I love how she comes back, and it's due to the the kind of ramifications of her being trapped in the dark multiverse her coming back is ends up being really bittersweet, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like this is the first time the book has felt cohesive in, in a couple of ways. And part of that could be just Shaner's art and the fact that they're all wearing the, their, you know, the new costumes and all that. But I, I don't even, I don't even mean that stuff. I just feel like this is the first time the book has felt like a, uh, like not just, it, an attempt to put these four characters together, but this feels like there's actually a reason for them to be together. Even if that reason, like Vince said, even if it's still a little bit thin, this feels more... This feels more like an actual team than I think any point in the book has before this. Sure. Zach, what do you think? Uh, the art was very, very good. Um... I liked how Star Warsy it felt. Um, I kept getting vibes of both, you know, the trash compactor and also the scene in Episode Seven where the Millennium Falcon gets picked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that felt that felt too intentional to not have been, uh, you know, on purpose. I I felt like. Um, well, who is Conja Club then? It's the. It's that team that, that that shows up there, that like group of space pirates. They're not the uh, the what's it called Death Squad. They're, they could be. Um, um, I guess the the two squads are are combined into one okay. Okay. for the sake of the. You even have the big like squid monster thing, so it's perfect. And Zulu. Yeah. You're a dead man. You're a dead man. Don't tell me you're hauling Rathtars. <laughs> oh, that's that's Harrison Ford's worst scene in that movie. <laughs> he's so he's so goofy in that scene. I will argue he's better in that scene than any scene in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> I recently watched Return of the Jedi, and Harrison uh-huh. Ford is so checked out that whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does have one great line reading in it, though. What's that? Where they're on they're on the barge to going out to the uh, Sarlacc pit, and Luke says, "There's nothing to see here." You know, I, I I grew up here, you know. And he goes, "You're gonna die here, you know." And just the way he oh. says it is like a perfect line reading. It's, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Anything else to say about the terrifics? It's it's almost terrific. 
<laughs> yeah, it needs a little something. Needs a little gabagool. Everyone and everything needs a little gabagool. Alright, last but not least, or maybe it is least, I'm not sure. Woman number 47, written by James Robinson, illustrated by Stephen Tegovia. Sir James, what are you doing, man? What are you doing with this book? Um, I don't want to be too overly negative, but um, mind control by an evil villain is something that Wonder Woman has encountered probably 50 times in her career across. And you would know. You would yep, know. I, and I would know because I've read every issue of Wonder Woman that's ever been published, if you can believe that. Um and, you know, plus her Justice League adventures, I'm sure she's encountered mind control. And yet she spends a quarter of this issue trying to figure out what's going on with Super, uh, with Supergirl and not, like, and even when she realizes that it's mind control, she just doesn't, like, am I wrong? Or she's just, like, really confused by the whole situation. No, there was a hilarious <laughs> bit here. It's on the, like, first double-page spread that we get. Um, where Diana says, I still don't understand. What are you talking about? And then there's like a thought box and it says, what is she talking about? Yes. Yes. Like, oh. come on. That whole sequence that looks really nice of the, it's very the nice. next page. Very nice. And the next page that kind of tracks them, uh, fighting. Yeah. Um, and the, man, the the dialogue is just like put me in fight. I will not. I won't let go. I'll destroy you. Burn you. Stop. Kill you. It's just like uh, why? Um Yeah, so that would that really rubbed me wrong. I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Like She's seen this happen a million times. This is this is like the oldest uh, trope in the book, right? And she can't figure it out and can't like make sense of it. Um, and also, and then, I did, and then Jason, like that's was going to be my next thing. This this focus on Jason, a character that nobody could possibly care about, is it's just got to end one of these times. But rather than that happening, Wonder Woman gets whisked away for her annual with the Star Sapphires, leaving Jason to purportedly go it solo in the next issue of Wonder Woman, which is just completely the opposite of what I'm reading a Wonder Woman comic for, <laughs> right? Um, but... To end on a positive note, because I don't want to be a totally negative dude bro here, um, Steven Segovia's art is really nice in this. Zach, I think you touched on it with the fight scene. Um, the scene uh, on the that the, the islands, I forget what they're called, Jason's, Jason's like childhood home where he's talking to the fates and they're they're turning into like different visual versions of themselves. Yes. Yeah. And nice Sandman nod in there. Yup. Yup. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic little nods. there. really well executed. The scenery looks beautiful. Segovia's characters. One thing that I used to 
I remember a review that I did maybe five years ago for the site where I, I interviewed some X-Men book he was drawing and a thing that I reviewed, (laughs) sorry, God, it's late here. You guys, it's late and it's hot. And it's I'm, later here. It is later here. <laughs> it is later by you guys. That's right. I reviewed this book, some X-Men book, and like half of the issue was full of characters whose faces he'd like he would like black out the eyes so he didn't have to draw them, you know? Except the shadows never like it didn't really make sense from like a shadowy standpoint. I think you know, I the actually char- remember editing this piece for you. Yeah, I'm sure you did, yeah. And, and like, you know, it would, it would happen at times where, like, I would understand if a character was looking down or something and then their eyes were shaded, but it would be like a straight on view of this character and their eyes would be inexplicably blacked out, you know? And that's something that he, he not only did in that book, but I've seen him do it in other books, you know? But the longer I, the longer I see him work and develop, the better he's gotten. And I don't think there was any of that in this book or there, or even at DC, cause he's done issues here and there for the last couple of years at DC. And I think he's relying on that less and less. And I, I want to say this issue doesn't employ shortcuts like that at all. And his art is so much better for it. Um, this was a really fantastic looking comic. I thought. Yeah. I, I was really taken by the art and, uh, that makes the, uh, <laughs> the dialogue so much worse. <laughs> it's just it's really painful. Here's my question for you guys. Will Jason A become a villain? B become like an actual Greek god and then fade into the background because now he's the new god of X? C actually stick around or D never be heard from again after the next five months? D is what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. From um, your lips to Didio's ears. <laughs> it's, um... Isn't it kind of... <laughs> I thought it was funny that Diana was supposed to end up with that armor, but uh, basically all the Greek gods are really sexist and um, just assumed it was supposed to go to Jason. <laughs> and pretty lazy, yeah. too. That, again, as a guy who's read all this Wonder Woman, that totally tracks with the way that uh, the gods behave, for sure. Uh, the Xamaron thing kind of got me all excited. You know, I'd check in for that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't like it, but <laughs> I like the idea of it. Yeah. Well, that does it for this week's DC3Cast. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Um, I'm just pulling up the comics for next week. Next week's a weird week. It's a fifth. Oh, it's it's a it's fifth wild. Week. So let's let's run through these, Vince. You have them in front of you. Yeah, I do. Yep. I, you want to okay. take it then? Aquaman, Jabberjaw. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bane Conquest number eleven. The nice. penultimate. The penultimate issue of Bane Conquest. Nice. Um. Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Robin versus Ra's al Ghul, oh my gosh. number one. <laughs> oh yeah, it begins, you guys. It begins. The, the beginning begins. Um, Black Lightning, Hong Kong Fui, which is sneakily my pick for 
the best one of these probably. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, something called DC Previews number two. I don't know that that's really is that really happening. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Uh, something called Doomsday Clock number five. I don't. I don't know what that is. Um, Flash Speed Buggy special. Green Arrow Annual, which I believe is the Bensons. That sounds right, yeah. Uh, yep. The Green Lanterns Annual, which is Andy Diggle, you'll recall, and Juan, and Juan Ferreira. Yep. The conclusion to Justice League No Justice, number four, very excited about that. The uh, opening chapter of Bendis' Man of Steel miniseries. Um, Raven, Daughter of Darkness. Raven, Daughter of Darkness, number five. The Girl with the Anime Eyes, of course. Um, Super Sons Dynamite Special, number one. Also, I believe Super Sons number 16, 16 or 18. It, yeah. it got pushed to this week, yeah. Right. And that's it. So we're closing with two Super Sons issues next time. Yeah. It's a weird bunch of books. I think, I think that, isn't that Green Arrow Annual a No Justice tie-in? Yes, well. it is. Yep, it is No Justice. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Bensons, Carmen Carnero on art, uh, No Justice tie-in. Entitled rich boy Oliver Queen grew up with a member of elite society after a drunk. It's 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 imagine what if Green Arrow origin probably mm-hmm. something. Um, we'll, we'll see. So we're gonna get. The end of No Justice, the beginning of Man of Steel, and a Doomsday Clock issue. Yep. DC's wilding out. Uh, they are. <laughs> so to see us wilding out on Twitter, you can follow me at Brian is an F. I'm at LCD underscore Lounge System. And I'm at SirFox89. And we'll be back next week to get Bendist with you. Bye. <laughs> I was uh, I was having a text conversation with some of my normie friends from high school today, and they were talking about the general uh, the, the car insurance guy. No, the, <laughs> God, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs>